Hello, and welcome. Coming to you from the desert of the real. I'm Josh. And I'm John. And this steak sure is juicy. Is it juicy? Or is it just your brain interpreting it to be juicy? Either way, this is the Geek ETC Podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. So, on the way over here uh, to the podcast studio on the interstate, I'm looking over and I see a Ford Ranger broken down, as they are. Okay. Yeah. And I see the, the the man who is who is work. You know, he's got the hood up on the shoulder, uh, and this is on the opposite side. Like, so I'm I'm passing him. I just see him through the median. Right. I see a, a man wearing a uh, kilt. Oh, a, 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 like a kilt. Really? On, so he's working on a call. It was just funny to me that like, you know, it was, it was just very original. You know, I, I, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last time I've seen someone have a kilt in public. Like, I feel like it takes like it takes some. Well, I was going to say it takes some bravery to do that, but. I don't think so. I mean, they seem like. Maybe you, in the past it, it did. Not so maybe. much anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think anybody can wear anything yeah. now, but like it is interesting when like the kilt, uh, like just to look over and see, uh, you know, a Scottish dude. Right. On the side of the road did, wearing a kilt. Did it have any kind of like plaid pattern or anything? It on was it, a or? green and black one. And obviously, I don't know enough about tartans to right. like, know that. You, if, from what I understand. Like There's a, any significance behind any any of that, the coloration or anything like that? Or well, I know like now, like or or even like a couple hundred years ago, the, there was like a familial like pattern. Like different families have their own kind of like pattern. a crest or a coat of arms type of thing or or something. Yeah, and they would have both. But from what I or what what I when I researched it originally, there was no like it was just a kilt, right? And then, the, like, I think it even came from, like, some type of monarchy. I don't know if it was Scottish monarchy or English monarchy that where they instituted, like, familial play, mm. you know. If someone out there knows, feel free to let us educate us and, and let us know if you have more info on that. I know. I wish we had, you know, Josh and I have played with a with a guy from Scotland um, in our D&D podcast. Right. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And he would, he would know for he sure. He would probably know. That's a good He's point. the one introduced us to, like, the played because remember he he made oh, a blade right. uh, out of like a dire wolf, like you know the thing that goes over like your your fancy whatever your top is, right? With your kilt. Yeah, I had never heard of that. I had no idea what that was. I think like plaid. No, no, no it's not a, a pattern. It's a plaid. Yeah, um, yeah. It just reminded you know I was like, oh man, where's my wife at? She was she because she's been watching that one show with the where the lady like touches a rock. She's like a nurse, and then she goes back in time. Outlander. <laughs> Uh, sure. And yeah, it's like a. It, she goes like the you know. It's like a. She touches she, a rock and travels. Yeah, like she, Doctor Who. Uh, well, she's not in a little police box, but yeah, she touches <laughs> a rock and she goes back in time, and then she's it's like a Scottish dude in like seventeen hundreds. Oh, oh, so it's not like a like a per episode. She travels to different time periods. Kind no, of. it's it's not quantum leap. That was that was it's the initial setup that she touched a magical rock and yeah. was transported. But she can go back too, so she's gone back a couple of times. I think. Did she go back to the time of laser raptors? Laser raptors. I wish, man. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. She could bring him back. It. Uh, we watched another show where it was like the main characters of that show, the the hot guy, and then like the bald dude were traveling all over Scotland. So that was fun to mm-hmm. watch. Interesting. The I, la- 
by the laser raptors were a reference to Kung Fury. Oh yeah, yeah. man! It gets trapped back in time. That's right. That I, was a good one. That was a very. How long was that movie? It was like thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Yeah. It was like, shout out! Shout out! Kung Fury. Y'all. Yeah. It was a YouTube like uh like a Kickstarter funded movie project. We watched it together. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it was just put on YouTube. There was a second one in the productions, and it like got pretty far in production. And apparently, they had like. Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and like Whoa. maybe like Dolph Lundgren or something cast in it and it was this huge production but it was funded by a couple corporations out of China or something and they went bankrupt or they just backed out of the deal and so suddenly they lost all their funding or the Chinese government sucked them under could have been but that the project just kind of completely disappeared and died a handful of years ago and I haven't I haven't looked in it in a while but last I heard like there's nothing happening with it in a long time which is very unfortunate because I really yeah. want and it was supposed to be like a longer more feature length deal yeah that was a while yeah. you know that was like a silly movie short film that like also kicked off I feel like a lot of silly things in that same guys right I feel like I've seen other things where, like oh this is this is a silly I feel effect. like it also kind of kick-started the like retro wave phase of oh, aesthetics yeah. and things Oh yeah, like it was around and stuff, but that like dove into that '80s tropes. It, like oh. I mean, it like amplified any '80s trope you could think of to like a million. That was so. That was pretty neat. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, go check out Kung Fury. It's just on YouTube, so you can watch it for free, for free on there. Yeah, it's it, definitely worth thirty minutes of your time. Yeah, it, especially if you want to laugh. Like if you're if you're feeling the big sad, the winner's got you down. Don't watch it with the kids. No, it, it's not really family friendly. Unlike our podcast, right? But it is. Uh, yeah, it, but, but it's, it's pretty definitely funny. fun for the for the adults in the room, especially if you're like into the '80s at all. Yeah, awesome music. Some of my favorite music. A lot of the music in it was done by a guy called Mitch Murder, who does a lot of uh, retro wave type of stuff and synth wave, and it's on point. Interesting. Yeah. You know, like, uh, um, I'm I'm going back to my to my Outlander thing, but you know, like, mm. I think the only people that can like really still carry knives like in public in the UK are people as long as they're in like their actual formal Scottish dress, they can carry like a. Dirk. I've, I've heard things like that. Yeah, if you're in, yeah, some kind of specific thing like that, you can have. You're allowed to have things where you can have your ceremonial dirk. Yeah, or it's whatever a ceremonial it thing, which is which is kind of wild. Yeah, that's one thing I've actually found out um, in a lot of this research I'm doing for our, our upcoming J- Japan trip later this year. Say it again. We'll see about your cool Japan trip. Yeah, it's going to be awesome um, that, you know, most weaponry of any kind is outlawed there. Yeah. Um, and you can't have knives or swords or all this sort of stuff. But you can have katanas if because katanas, if like they have to be made by specific certified katana makers and... At that point, they're not considered a weapon. It's technically a piece of art. And so if you get a katana from these specific things under these specific qualifications and circumstances, then you're allowed to have katanas in your home and to, like, I'm not sure about carry them in public or not, but you can own them and and have them because it's, like, qualified as a piece of art. Interesting. Right. They have to be, like, folded a certain number of times with the steel and certain types of steel and... Again, fortunately, certain places in Japan, so it's very specific. But that's pretty cool. I would definitely like so to. I'd like to get one of those. Buy one, aren't I would you? love to get one of those. They're probably thousands of dollars, though, mm. and I'm not sure how I would ship that back. Exactly. So, I've got one. I've got a. Samurai. You do. I've got a cool I, Japanese. I remember sword. That, that. You showed me that. It was made in Japan. A long time ago. This from World War Two, but yeah. Yeah. Try to take on my grandpappy. Right. Didn't work out, I guess. No. 
but he's we got that one. That was and we had a bay in it, like Arisaka bayonet too, which was kinda neat. Right. We used to sword fight the scabbards. <laughs> I always had the bayonet scabbard and he had the katana scabbard. That's pretty cool. The Japanese officer non commissioned officer sword, I think. Right. Very wild times. Very interesting. You know, because it, it, it is kind of interesting that, like, Japan, for a while, like, went full. We don't, you know, like, full-on reject samurai stuff, mm. you know, and then kind of got that fever back, you know, like, you know, that kind of, like. Accepting the past cultures. Nationalism, yeah. you know, for Well, they were completely secluded from the entire world for many, many years, and they just kind of lived on their island and didn't have any outside influence for a long time. Have you ever seen that one movie, the samurai movie with David Carradine, or the samurai show? Are you talking about Kung Fu? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 sir, not Kung Fu. It's an actual samurai movie, like, forget what it's, I forget what it's called, but I think it's David Carradine, and maybe he's a Portu- like a Portuguese guy or something like that, and he goes, it's an older show, um... It's just interesting because, you know, one of the things I, well, uh, maybe it wasn't David Carradine, though. No, it definitely wasn't. Yeah, he had the show Kung Fu. What was the show then? What was it called? It was a, sam- anyways, it was a samurai show with like a guy like that, like in the, in the same guys. Huh. And he went to, he was in Japan and. It was just interesting to see some, because they had actual some, like, you know, I remember I had read, like, a long time ago that... Was it Ronin Warriors? No. That's a joke. That was an anime. That was actually really cool about some samurai, like, they're like samurai power rangers, basically. I do like the 47 Ronin with... Uh, I've been meaning to watch that again. With with I, I watched it not too long ago with old Keanu. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Very yeah, pretty. I've been meaning to watch that again. I it's thought it was pretty cool. I, I love I love the aesthetic of that movie a lot. Yeah, not the best like story. I mean, it was storytelling. I mean, the story is like the story, but it's it. You know, there was some of the actors were hit or miss, but man, old Keanu in there. Yeah, was, I, I, I don't remember. I feel like I saw the Last Samurai as well, but that was a long time ago as well. You, oh yeah, I don't remember anything about it though. Well, from yeah. what I understand, like you could do uh, samurai. You know, like the, the the essentially the feudal knight class. You know, the military experts of the time, you know, who were like, you Following know, the code of Bushido. Yeah. You know, they, they're very, they were very night like, you know, obviously they would, they would I think they would muster troops and, you know, they, they were landed or whatever. And then they served their guy. Um, they also could like cut off like a lesser person, like a lesser cast level person's like head. If they made them mad. Right. If as long as they gave an explanation, they had to give an explanation. Yeah. And, and in that show that happens like the first episode. Oh really? Yeah. Sam Raimi's like, nope, and just you're done. Yep, takes it off. Huh? What power? What power? With great power comes great responsibility. That is true, indeed. You know, if you want to become one of the crew, you can join the crew. Yes, and join the ranks at our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/GeekETCPodcast. You don't even have to have like a recruitment commissar come around and, and get you. No, we are we are a volunteer force. Yeah, there's no like uh, boot camp or like physical assessment that you have to pass. You don't have to do any push ups or pull ups or sit ups or anything. I think you can sneak on board the ship. Uh, also, that's true. Yeah, that's for as point. little as like one dollar a month. Right, it's only a dollar, and you can you can literally just kind of stow away in the bowels. Which, as long as you're on Earth, that's only twelve months. So that yeah, in, that's, in Earth months, in Earth months, yep. it's only twelve dollars. Yeah. So that's twelve dollars a year. A year, twelve right. months in a year. So 
It, obviously, if we, does Jupiter have a longer month? They month? probably have many more. They probably days have a, a long, year. Yeah. So I don't know what their months, Jupiter months, are like. So it might be. So the plan. I don't want to say that if you are on Jupiter or Saturn, or if you've come here from like. I don't want to Zeta, exclude them. Yeah. Omega, Zeta reticuli or something. Zeta reticuli or Omega Persei six or whatever. That's a Futurama. Yeah, if you uh, if you come from there, uh, we, it might be more expensive per year. But as long as you're Earthling, which we don't discriminate, we take. Yes. We take take all beings. We take all beings. Uh, just one dollar a month that gets you on the stowaway. I think we've even talked about uh, adding a Discord channel. Yeah. We'll and probably have a, a private Discord that uh, if you join up on the Patreon, you can get exclusive Discord access. And uh, we're still in the works of uh, building that, so be on the lookout for that for sure. But if you choose a higher tier, if you choose one of our higher tiers, then you can absolutely support the show. Yes. Help us out so we don't have to do a bunch of silly ads. Right. Keep uh, us uh, funded and keep us uh, independent so we're not beholden to the, the ad overlords. Yes, we don't want to be beholden yeah. to the, the the ad warlords. No, they come not, from Zeta Reticuli. They come from Zeta Reticuli for sure, and Probably, we don't. Yeah. And with armament, so help us get the, our our fleet in the air, so we can we can take them on. Yes, wherever they might be found, and beat Royal Match. As you say, we can fight better together. We, d- oh my God, that's my line. <laughs> it is. That's my line. I stole it this show. It's mine now. Well, I'll say it towards the end again. But <laughs> hey, so for real, so join. Feel free to join the crew. Uh, on Patreon. Yeah, you can get some, uh, we have some uh, uh, exclusive gameplay up there. Um, us playing some old Battlefront 2 uh, in our co-op therapy uh, series that we have of some gameplay that me and John are doing. We'll probably have some uh, new stuff coming up there soon. Yeah, hopefully soon. We're like, yeah, yeah playing some Rome Total War and just goofing around, talking, ch- yeah. chatting. So look for it at our, po- our Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. This week we're geeking out about the Matrix. The Matrix. Ooh. I know the Matrix is one of your favorite sh- movies of all time. It is my favorite movie of all time. The the first one specifically. I I I'm one of the people who you know love the entire all all of the three. I actually liked all four of the movies, even the kind of new one that just came out. I didn't like it as well as the other ones, but I still thought it was okay. But the original three trilogy, I I loved all of them. Even and then condensing that even further down, the first one is my favorite movie of all time. Okay, yes. I I don't know if I could give a favorite movie of all time. I think that would be hard for me to do, like because it's right. it's like a ebb and flow and over always changing. Things definitely change as you see new stuff and whatnot. And I've had the rest of my list below that. Yeah, is has changed. I don't know how many times. Constantly transformed. But I haven't seen anything that's been able to steal that top spot. And a lot of that is due to the fact of no matter how many times I watch it, I get something else out of it. Okay. Very interesting. So tell me what, what yeah. initially captured you when you watched it. Well, I mean, it, so that uh, The Matrix came out in 1999. So that was, you know, at the time, I don't know that I saw it when it came out because I was only nine years old yeah. at that point. So, you know, we were just kids. So I, yeah. I doubt, you know, I would have seen a rated R movie back then was it rated r back you got then? cool parents you got i, mean, cool I do parents. i probably saw some who knows but i definitely don't remember i don't know if it was once it came out on dvd or not which that was that movie is what kicked off the dvd craze it was one of the first movies like available on dvd that you know launched that uh, to where it ended up going but i mean obviously you know there was a lot of i think the the slow-mo you know the bullet time stuff that 
you know, captured many people's attention because they were one of the first people that did that kind of thing, the slow-mo. You have, you know, all the, the guns and the action and the, the kung fu fighting and stuff, you know, I was uh, big into martial arts stuff, so that instantly grabbed me. Um, all, all, all that as a, as a child and as a teenager stuff, that, I think, was the main, the, the initial thing that caught my attention was just the action of it and how cool it was to watch and everything. But it was one of the things, that as I, again, as I grew older and over the many years I've watched it and every time I watched it, you kind of dive deeper into it. And as you have different life experiences, different things in that, you're like, that's what that means. Or you pull more, you know, philosophical stuff out of it as opposed to just an action movie. And who, who directed that? The Wachowskis. Yeah. So the... I think the first time I saw it was at like a person's, like one of my friends, one of my Kansas childhood friends, like at a sleepover or something like that. Because you know my parents definitely are so rated R movies at any point, right? And so, um, I think that's the first time I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." You know, it was definitely very like I love action. You know, who doesn't love action movies as a child? You know, right for the most part. And I thought I loved the action. I loved the you know. Looking back on it, you know, the bullet time, it looks, you can definitely tell. You can definitely see the the CGI. Oh, uh, and, and it's widely known, too, that specifically in the second one, there's a scene called the Burly Brawl, brawl yeah. where Neo's fighting, like, 100 Agent Smiths. Mm. And if, if they were to remaster that specific section of the movie with modern animation and stuff, the rest of that movie would hold up and look great. That one particular section in that second movie just drives it into the ground as far as holding up because it looks horrible now. Horrible now, but back yeah. then you're like, whoa. Well, I'm watching it on like a CRT TV on yeah. like a low res DVD thing. You couldn't yeah. really notice it. But yeah, if you watch, I have like the 4K version and on the Blu-ray. And so if you watch that, like you're like, oh, yeah, that's real obvious now. But yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Um so the obviously the movie opens with with Keanu. He's in Keanu like working at his desk or whatever. So yeah, uh he's uh it opens with what well, actually it opens with um Trinity. Mm, oh, that's right. Yeah, she's on a mission, right? Yeah, that uh that she's in in the building trying to uh hack into the computer and stuff and you know the police are coming up to they know where she's at they know she's in this building on whatever floor and they're coming to try and capture her and so the cops are outside you know waiting for them to bring her down and then the black uh cadillac or whatever it was pulls up and the agents step out mm. you know these the black suits the black glasses agent smith the feds yeah the feds show up and uh you know the the cops like you know why do you guys got to come you know taking over all of our stuff and everything and you know we can we can handle this it's just one measly girl you know he's like my guys will be down with her in just a minute and agent smith kind of you know confidently looks at him and says no your men are already dead which that line like as soon as you hear that you're like what yeah, Elrond spitting. He, he was yeah. he was pretty good in the Matrix. Oh yeah, Agent Smith. Like that was one of his best roles in my opinion. Like he was perfect for that role. He played it so well. But the kind of like weight behind that one line is like, oh my gosh! And then it cuts into, uh, yeah, Trinity. You know, she's got 
her hands behind her head and you can see, you know, through the hole in her arm, the cops coming up to arrest her and stuff. As soon as they grab her wrist, she, you know, spins and fights the dude and then breaks his arm and does the, the jumping slow-mo kick Ooh, thing and then yeah. kicks him off. That was the first the, instance of the bullet time. The crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Exactly. The little kick. Yeah, that was, that was so cool. Yeah, and then kicks him. He flies back in the wall. And then, you know, th- then we go to Neo, right? In this desk? Then don't We're kind of getting to right. like... Once it does all that, and then you know, she, there's the chase of her leaving and stuff, and then she gets to the phone booth, and the the uh, garbage truck like you know squares off with it, and the guy, the driver of the truck changes into an agent, and then he floors it and drives towards the phone booth that she's in, and she you know puts her hand on the thing right as it happens and crashes, and she's able to escape. And then, you know, it goes through the phone line, does all that stuff, and it comes out to his computer screen with just the little cursor blinking when it says, wake up, Neo. That's right. That's right. Yep. And then he you know, comes comes to and looks at it and hitting escape on his thing and not doing anything and then gets a knock on the door and he, you know, jolts out of it and is like, is that a dream? When what's happened? I, I mean, I can recap the whole movie, I guess. I love it. I love that you, I love that you know it so well. Yeah, I so what out of the first movie? So you so you like the first movie the best, right? Because it, I mean, it, it in itself, you know, if you, you're one thing I like about it is that you can you can take away two and three, and one still stands as a complete unit. Mm, okay, you know that could end there, and it, it can be its own self-contained story and stuff. You don't you didn't really have to take it past there. I kind of consider the other two movies just kind of supplemental content. And it does kind of, you know, expand the story and takes it to this finality of Neo, you know, defeating the uh, Agent Smith and, you know, becoming one of the robot overlords and all that stuff. But you could end the first one and it, the way that it ends, you're like, all right, you know, yeah, that that's what that was. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see more of in that world and that story, but it could finish there of him flying off through the sky. You, that's a good point. That is a very good point that it could just end right there. I've never really thought about because to me it was like, oh, definitely the sequels, you know, make sense. Then we're, you know, we're going to, you know, we're we're doing a little bit more out of Matrix, you right? Know, having some more out of Matrix scenes, which are pretty neat. Which one was the one with like the two like uh, dreadlock dudes in white? Well, that was the second one, Reloaded. That had the twins, yeah. The twins with like the razor blades, right? Yeah, they had the yeah. razor. They're their straight edge razor blades. There's the fight on the on the highway and stuff. Weren't they kind of like apparating around like Harry Potter a little bit? They, they could, you could kind of disapparate themselves yeah. and be able to face through grounds and floors and cars and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was a really cool kind of mechanic that they were able to do that. It, it's, it's very kind of scary. Like when they did that, they looked kind of ghoulish as well. They did. Stuff. They looked very ghoulish. Man, yeah. I need to watch it again because it's been a sec since I watched those. I know my wife likes them, so I could definitely, she really likes them as well. Let me know and I'll come over and, and watch them and, and narrate the whole thing and, and give backstory <laughs> on all the stuff. Like like the like the scene like everybody does like with Lord of the Rings where Viggo Mortensen kicks the, the helmet. Like, hey, he, did you know he really broke his toe right there? Right, exactly. <laughs> There's like a lot of memes about right. that. Here's a, a, a callback and I don't exactly remember what it's called, but back in like the 90s, I think it might have been VH1. Okay. That they had like, well, I don't remember what it's called, but it was a, it was a series where they would you know show music videos, and throughout the thing there would be a little bubble that would pop up at the bottom that would tell like little facts about music videos and all this sort of stuff. It was a big thing in the kind of eighties and nineties. The VH1 something or another. I have to look up what that what that was, but yeah, they would 
insert those little like things. Like, this band member did this thing or whatever. This you know album was created once you know somebody had an idea from whatever. It was just supplemental information about music video and the artist and the mm-hmm. album and stuff. So I'll just be that in the corner on the. Oh, that's, oh, that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You'll be that person. Yeah, I thought maybe, I'll be. I'll be. The I button. thought maybe you're saying like they they took it over one time for VH1, which which is totally possible, right? Because I think I was in middle school or something like that, and I, I rode with like a I went with like a high school girl. Um, she took me to her friend's house, and they were like there were several other like girls over there, and they were watching a. I'm, it wasn't like a. It was like definitely like a. Teens Choice Award MTV type oh, thing, and I remember yeah. like because it was after I think it was after Attack of the Clones or somewhere in that. Okay, that guys, because I know Yoda was in it. Like they had Yoda on, but then it was also there was some like maybe Matrix, like the third Matrix or second Matrix themes as well to it. Mm. There was some time where they kind of coexisted around the same thing. I remember like Keanu coming up maybe and getting. I could see that an award. Just different because I, you know, I never had like MTV or anything like that. I was like, right. Yeah. What I, is this? This yeah. isn't the WB. This isn't CBS. Right. PBS. I only watch weather. <laughs> I only watch tornado warnings and yeah. Walker Texas Ranger. Right. That's all I know. And the news. I watch Bob Ross. KWCH <laughs> Channel Twelve. Yeah. Eyewitness News. Yeah. And then occasionally when I got to go to my my grandma's house to stay over there, then I'd get to watch SWAT Cats. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. There's a callback. I know. That you is understand. A, so, man. So interesting. Do what the, now? When we talk about um, what's his face? Uh, ne- Morpheus. Morpheus. When we talk about Morpheus. Ah, yes. Right. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Excellent actor. Do you think the red pill and the blue pill was that mm. just Dayquil and Nyquil? You know, it, it totally could be. I'm sure that was used in someone's cosplay props at some point. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> Yeah, either that or a couple of Mike and Ikes or something. It has or a to hot, be. a hot tamale and a Mike and Ike or Why something. Why are these Mike and Ikes just <laughs> blue and red? Yeah. And they taste really weird together. Yeah, just don't eat them together. <laughs> don't eat them together. What happens if you do take both of them? I've, I've, I've thought about it. I'm sure people have had lengthy discussions on that too. And, and I, they, they talk about it, you know, the red pill being a, so, yeah, a, let's, a, let's, a, tra- a tracer thing. So let's talk about the red pill and the blue pill, right? So the red pill does what? Well, so... I guess to even recap that whole thing for people who haven't seen the movie and stuff, you know, the matrix, as far as the movies and everything, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's the concept is that people, you know, society and stuff live in a simulation that, you know, we are human batteries. This, I guess spoilers for a movie from 1999. We are human batteries used to power a, a future, uh, you know, apocalyptic future where robots control the earth mm-hmm. and our human bodies are used as power cells basically. But, Within that, we're all in this living in this simulation life, and uh, unbeknownst to us, we have you know humanity has no idea you know that we live this life. But there are a handful, a few you know some of the population who have escaped this the matrix and live in the real world in the you know last human civilization known as Zion. Yeah, and it's like underground, like you know. Yeah. So the the humans are like in these pods, and they're just kind of being fed the information and they, yeah. they live their lives every day in like what our world unbeknownst yeah. to them that on the outside is a dystopian planet run by AI and, and, and robots exactly. and that have keep them under control by making them live in this, this life. Yeah. So this red pill, blue pill, they is, is a method of, uh, once they find somebody who's, you know, they're trying to take out of the matrix, they give them that ultimately they, they still, you know, you have the freedom of choice. 
And so they still give people this choice. You are presented with two pills, a red pill, or I guess a, a blue pill, as uh, Morpheus said it. Actually, uh, I, I wanted to uh, look up and, and kind of quote um, what, when, he, when Morpheus is sitting across from Neo and kind of telling him about that in that scene, some of the things he says, I, it's some of my favorite dialogue in any movie either. And I, I actually wanted to uh, uh, quote that and stuff because I love it so much. Okay. Let me pull that up real quick. All right. So uh, in the scene, um, Morpheus and uh, they, the rest of the crew, Morpheus' crew goes and uh, picks up Neo and takes him to meet Morpheus. And they bring him up upstairs and they sit him down in the chair. Um, Morpheus says, at last, welcome, Neo, as no doubt you've guessed. I am Morpheus. Neo says, it's an honor to meet you. Morpheus says, no, the honor's mine. Please come sit. I imagine right now you're feeling a bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. Mm. Which there's a lot of references to Alice in Wonderland as well. Um, Back in that scene with him in his apartment and he gets a knock on his door, you know, they say, follow the white rabbit. Oh, true, yeah. That tattoo, that's also a reference Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But, so, they're sitting there talking and whatnot, and, you know, uh, Morpheus says to him, I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, that is not far from the truth. He says, do you believe in fate, Neo? Neo says, no. Morpheus says, why not? He says, because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. Which that line is one of those there that I feel like that has a lot of weight behind it. And um, I feel like a lot of people definitely kind of feel that way. Well, you see that. You see that even now in memes, right? You'll see people like, oh, I remember I have free will and they'll just knock stuff off a counter. <laughs> you know, like, uh, oh, I, f- I forget. That is that I ha- what, how cats operate? Maybe. I think it is. Maybe they have just the most free will and that's the reason why they oh, do it. And they just and knock so. stuff off of counters. Could be. But the, I, I've seen that. Like, people are like, oh, man, like, I'm, a, I'm my own person. It, it does spark the predestination debate and, like, also free will debate, doesn't yeah. it? You know? But uh, go from there, then Morpheus says, why? Or, so, uh, going from there, Morpheus says, I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. This is my favorite part here. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. It's this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? And that's when Neo says, The Matrix? So that that one paragraph there like has always resounded with me. And I've I, I I think that was one of those things too that as I went and watched it as an adult, it was at that point when Morpheus said that 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 like clicked something in me. Mm-hmm. And I personally kind of felt I was like, I kind of feel that way myself. Interesting. That I'm going to get kind of philosophical here, but that's okay. We can do that. Um, that you that you feel like there's more to what's going on and more to life, and that there's you feel like there's something wrong. You don't know what it is. You know it's there. Like like you said, a splinter in your mind driving you mad. You can't figure out what it is, but you you just know that there's something more to the world than what it seems, and so. A lot of my adult life has been trying to figure that out. 
And so that might be something that that'd have to be a podcast in on itself. I'm sure to dive into later. But always that that that's probably the line that yeah, like I said, you talk about what things that grabbed me. That's what grabbed me as an adult and and kept me a lifelong fan of okay. that. So Neo is essentially just a corrupted file. I mean, re- realistically, though, wouldn't he be a little bit because because there would be something wrong. Like he didn't update correctly, right? When when the machines run their update well, and they, they it, do their like you know their Windows. What it was XP. is that he he dug a little too deep. He did. He dug deeper than he was supposed to in, in being his life of his you know uh, hacker life. Thomas Anderson's life of being a hacker. Yeah, and you know you get into places that you're not supposed to see information you're not supposed to know. And with that, you start to ask questions. And it was from there that, you know, he was put on the blip of Morpheus and his team. You know, hey, here's somebody that, you know, could be potentially interesting to uh, look into. Well, well, you know, for me, if he if he's doing, if he's like a corrupted, like in that, in that same guise, like he is, there's something wrong with him from the AI's perspective. Right, he has. Um, he has also. Why would why would the cops be after him? Right, they also knew that there was something wrong right. with him. It's almost like white blood cells chasing down a virus. Right, mm-hmm. he maybe is. Ooh, is he a virus? Well, that that's how the the agents and the program See saw him. him. Yeah, because he was potentially a threat to the system as a whole. Yeah, if you think of the Matrix as a body. Then in that, and you know, as far as they were concerned, yes, he would be a virus because he could be potentially something that could shut it down. Yeah. So therefore, the programming and the logic reasons tell them that they need to eliminate this threat. Mm-hmm. That's why they go after him. White rabbit virus, indeed. So going through the thing here, which is this is where it kind of loops back around to the pills. Uh, you know, Morpheus tells him. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he, he asked him, you know, about, you know, do you know, want to know what the Matrix is? You know, it's everywhere. It's all around us, even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, go to church, pay your taxes. Um, it's the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. And then Neo asks, what truth? And Morpheus says that you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch, a prison for your mind. And then he goes into telling him that no one can be told what it is. You have to see it for yourself. And this is his last chance. There's no turning back. So then he gets into the pills. He says, the blue pill, you take it. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and you believe whatever you want to believe. So you take that, you kind of, yeah, you're, you know, you don't want to leave your life that you know. You you wake up back and you just continue living your life like you always did for as far as, you know, you were concerned. Your life was. Nothing changes. You're back in the routine of the daily grind. But if you take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and Morpheus shows you how deep down the rabbit hole goes. And then he reminds him, remember, all I'm offering is truth, nothing more. So he still gives him the option of choice. And he later goes into the fact saying that the pill he takes as part of a trace program is designed to disrupt your input-output carrier signal so we can pinpoint your location. So that's the kind of like technical thing behind the pills is that it's okay. 
it disrupts their technical system within the matrix, within the program, so that they can get a beacon lock on their physical, you know, fleshy body that's in the pods mm, okay. that's powering the stuff. Okay. But that's how they can trace down wh- which pod they're in in the fields of them. And then we get the we get uh, bald, naked Neo. Yes. Falling out of his, his liquid. Yeah. Little, like, fully grown baby adult Neo mm-hmm. that in the pink goo. Yeah. That pulls the, like, pulls the pipe out of his throat, throat and stuff. Was, yeah. That always, like, grossed me out. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. So, you know, who knows, like, it makes you wonder, like, what could they do if they, like, did that to all, a lot of people? I guess a lot of people are kind of living in that chemical bliss. Well, and then that's the thing is that in order to escape, you have to be willing to do it. You, yeah. You have to make that choice. And especially, like, it's a thing they brought up later, too, that they typically don't uh, set a grown mind free. Yeah. Because they've lived their false life so long, and that's so ingrained in your brain and that's what you know as reality and existence, that if you're, you know, it, it's such a shock to, you know, be told that all of that is false and not real, that it could essentially destroy your mind trying to come to copes with that. Yeah. So they don't free adult people that much, often children and things. So, yeah, they have to they kind of give people, they have to give people that choice with adults and stuff. Is that the reason why, you know, we're, we're losing so many landlines now? So now we can't get out. Mm. Just the thought. Just the thought, guys. Why is there? Why, why are yeah, how so- many people do you know that still has like a home phone? Uh, well, that's not a cord. Like that's a cordless phone. You know, like that's actually yeah, exactly. Right. That's how they had to do it. Uh-huh. Just put new, put new, really fancy phones. You can't extract through a cell phone. You can't. Otherwise, they would have done it in the movie. They had cell phones. That's right. Which I really wanted one of those cell phones so bad. Those old Nokia's. Nokia's. The, oh yeah. You press the button and the bottom like shoots out. Oh yeah, those were so cool. It was awesome. Those were awesome. They actually came out with a. They remade it a number of years ago, and it was actually yellow. It took kind of looked like a banana, but the unfortunate thing was it wasn't spring loaded like those were. So mm-hmm. you could slide it down and it would open. It was the same phone, but it you couldn't press a button and it shot open like it used to. Which is stupid. So your fate. This is your favorite scene. What's so? What is no, no not my favorite scene. What's but your favorite scene from from like the first Matrix? That is a tough call. That's one of them for sure because of the uh, implications and things that he's saying and stuff. But um, God, I don't know. People I, that made leather trench coats probably made bank after this movie. Everybody trying to like oh leather trench coat, tall boots with lots of buckles on them. Oh yeah. That was Trinity is like the best goth and sunglasses. Period. Oh, yeah. Like everybody had to have a cool pair of sunglasses. Oh, yeah. That was what was that? I mean, and Morpheus's that just like clipped on his face. Like there was no uh, arms to it or anything. That was that was legit back in the day. Is that what you call them as arms? You wear glasses. Glasses. I, don't. I, I. I mean, I guess so. That's that's. I mean, hmm. obviously, that's what so I. So it's almost what like you're getting a hug them. every time you put your glasses on, Josh. A face hug. A face hug. Are glasses face huggers? Oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus, man. Well, interesting. They suck your vision out, make you more blind. There's something pushing out of your tummy right now, Josh. Well, they were chest bursters, so oh, chest bursters. Yeah, oh. it's, cl- it's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah, I. So one of my favorite things was, um, like the open, like when he says, "Like I need guns, lots of guns." And oh, and then the like 
endless racks of guns come flying down while they're in the construct, which is the big white room where mm-hmm. they can load anything they talk about. Yeah, yeah, I need lots of guns. Then it all just comes flying down, and there's just everything you could think of MP5 shotguns, like MAC-10s. Which is interesting. I think, you know, we're going to have an episode on John Wick here soon. Wink, wink, guys. But um, Yeah, that new movie is coming out on it's the 26th or sometimes within the next week or so. But John Wick, who also, you know, Keanu Reeves plays. It's the same guy. It, it is the same guy. For all we know, maybe it is a Neo. Maybe Ooh, this is part of the Matrix universe. Wouldn't that be a great tie-in? Wouldn't that be a great tie-in? I think it's interesting, like, you know, because for that one, it's like, we need guns, lots of guns. And then, and like with John Wick, he just like, he just needs lots of ammo, you know, because like, <laughs> he actually reloads his, you know, it's just funny to me that he's like, I need guns, lots of guns. And then he gets like six of them. Well, yeah, in the Matrix, he doesn't have time to reload. <laughs> he's just, just New York reloads them. Just Even though he shoots them, drops faster, them, shoots faster them, drops than them. bullets themselves. Yeah. He doesn't have time to reload, but. I thought it was so cool that like Trinity killed an agent on top of the roof, you know, like the first, cause it's, they yeah. made him seem like they were like so hard to kill. And then like, obviously they are like, they're yeah. definitely very hard. Well, to and kill. I guess to be fair, she didn't actually kill him. She just killed the body that he was, his host body. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but he was still, sense. and I don't know if that's what they were referencing when they said they're hard to kill, if they meant permanently or mm. just, I guess they probably meant even just as like a host. Just defeating them. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That you can't really get away from them, but she kind of yeah, the whole dodge this moment that that was an awesome scene. I think that's one of my favorite lines. I mean that's yeah that that whole rooftop scene was one of my favorites that you know had the first Matrix dodge, but I did like the uh the scene right before that you were just talking about where they go through the metal detectors. <laughs> the, he's like, that, please remove that, any you know metallic objects yeah. or anything that you have, and he just opens the coat. Yes, and they're like, ah. And he's like, what the? And yeah. then he just, yeah, like, punches. He does the, the, like, the chest, the palm heel to the chest, and the guy, like, flies back and looks around and pulls out the two, like, Uzis and, and just lights them up. And then it goes on, you know, goes crazy from there. I bet you also like the, the uh, like, I know Kung Fu. Well, yeah, I mean, that was awesome. That, that, that might be one of my favorite scenes, too, is him and Morpheus fighting in the dojo. And as he's starting, because, like, that's one of the first glimpses, too, of him, like, ever so slightly starting to get it and starting to understand. And in that scene, you know, Morpheus, he like, he points out, you know, Neo's like sweating and he's out of breath. And Morpheus says, you know, like, why are you tired and stuff? And he said, because I can't breathe or something. And he says, you know, you think that's air you're breathing? And at that point, you see Neo kind of think like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. he's right. And then he, you know, calms down, stands up, you know, brushes it off and they go at it again. You know, yeah, because there is no air. Yeah. He's not breathing anything. He's not tired. You don't yeah. need air to breathe. Why are you exhausted? Yeah. You're only exhausted because you think you are. Okay, David Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Get on it. Lactic acid is a real thing, y'all. But not sure. in the Matrix. Not in the Matrix, though, apparently. Yeah. I Man, it, it is such a good movie. It is, especially like when you look at the time period, you see other things that came out around the same time, and then you just get to watch that one. It was. It's one of those... It's just, it's beautiful. It's like, yeah. well, watching them run up the walls and then come down behind people with like, yeah. you know, their M16 or the SPAS-12. The, the Trinity kick that she the, does with the, oh. with the SPAS-12 and she kicks the front, it flips over his yes. back and she shoots him in the back. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, the, chore- the choreography in that movie was excellent in all, all facets, I think. And For the time, like at timeliness, it was very well. And it is, it, I think it definitely is one of the reasons why some of the other, like, when we see John Wick and these type mm. of like well choreographed action scenes, they, they've definitely, they, it, it was definitely paved a way for it, you know, mm. 
like over the top, right? Over the top wild action. It's just so neat to think about. Like you know, we'll, we'll never know necessarily what. I mean, those people had to have gotten a lot of good stuff. And didn't Keanu like take really good care of the stunt folks for that movie? All three movies didn't he? Didn't he pay them a lot of money? Probably so. I, I don't. I don't recall off the top of my head, but I wouldn't doubt it. I think it's like one of those good guy Keanu things. It's I mean, like, he's he's done that in lots of movies and things. He's renowned for like not taking like giving a lot of his money to other things. Yeah, and stuff. But yeah, that the yeah the the choreography was one thing I loved, and I loved the cinematography as well. Even out of the fact that I, I one thing that I love that a lot of people it goes overlooked is the color grading on the movie. Hmm. That any time that they're in the Matrix, you can tell there's a green filter over every all the scenes. But when they're not in the Matrix, it's not there anymore. If you go to the Mexico in the Matrix, is there still a sepia filter though? Does that mean? Have you never seen that? Where like every movie where it goes to like Mexico, like they put like a sepia filter over it. You know, like where it's it's a I guess big I've never meme. Paid attention it's to a that. huge meme. Everybody makes fun of it. Like oh. <laughs> like this is what like they're like. Oh, you're in America. It looks like this. And as soon as you cross the border, it's like they put it. They add like a sepia filter, huh. like, and it gets like turns it like super brown, brown like, and Tatooine, yeah. you know, like kind of thing. It's just all it desert, looks like uh, Sicario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Sicario, I think, did an okay yeah. job with it. But yeah, right. there was like what was that one? I don't know. We're getting off topic a little bit, but the right. one with uh, Antonio Banderas or whatever, like that. Oh like yeah, upon, yeah. It's <laughs> just yeah. there's just straight up sepia filter. It happens a lot in a different. Movies. I think I know what you're talking about now. Well, the, it must be really confusing if you're from Mexico, right? And you're in the Matrix, right? It's just all kinds of colors. Um, but yeah, like that. That was another aspect I loved about it. But and I thought all the casting was very well done as well. From uh, you know, Trinity, Neo, Morpheus, Agent Smith. Um, even going into the the later ones, down to you know the the guy that played the keymaker, mm, yeah, you know him, the guy that played the Merovingian, the Frenchman, and what about what's her face, the one with the cookies? Oh yeah, the, uh, the Oracle, the Oracle, that and oh. that was played by two different people. That's true. Oh, that is true. Because right. after the first one, the one that played it in uh, the first one, she died, and so they had to replace her. But I think they even comment on that that you know Neo mentions how she doesn't look the same and. They say, you know, like, it's basically like an up, the program got an update. And so she can look like somebody else. So it's not that big a deal. And they're like, all right, update. move on from there. Got an update. Must kind of suck. Like, you know, like <laughs> the actress died, and you're like... But what if you, like, look better than you did before? You're like, I, I got guess. an update. You wake up one morning, you look in the mirror, and you're like, well, oh, that's my what I'm gosh. Saying. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, like, well, like, it's almost like throwing some shade at the previous actor. You oh, know? you mean, like, on an actor basis? <laughs> on an actor basis. I thought basis. you mean, like, in fiction or whatever, yeah. Like, you're watching from heaven, and you're like, well, come on. Oh, they just updated me? Oh well, man. Well, either way. But, yeah, that'd be kind of cool in, in, you know, real life if, you know, you weren't quite happy, you're kind of self-conscious, and you just wake up one day with an update, and you're, like, super, like, ripped or buff and, and like, super handsome, and you're like, oh, no, look at me. <laughs> It it is very it it gives it definitely gives people like who want more like this this daydream of like being able to tap into that. It's like almost like getting superpowers, right? People are like, can I just what if I could just you know, mm. I want computers, lots of computers, right? Right. Could I have that. Could I have and if you're cars? able if you're able to just become aware to that point where 
you can hack the matrix yourself. I think about that sometimes. I think about like, what if I could just access the cheat codes for this simulation? Like if I'm living in right. a simulation, what if I could just access the cheat yeah, codes? Yeah, what if you found out the correct combination of things to do to activate you know, cheat modes to spawn items or god mode yeah, or I've something? been doing like up, down, up, down, left, right, BA, start. It's all backwards. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a Z button in there at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. Uh, I think about that myself, you know? One thing I think about, this is, this is jumping into like simulation theory itself. Right. Okay. And this is just something I ask. Which is a very, on, on your side, it's a very you know, interesting hypothetical thing to think about. It's, it a, it's a fun thing to it hypothesize. Is. Like what if we are in a simulation? What if everybody's in a simulation? We see that, and you people see that a lot, like we talked about earlier with memes where people are like, I, I've got free will and they do stuff. And other people are like, this person's an NPC, you know? Right. <laughs> they, they, they call them non-playable characters, right? Like in a video game where they go in yeah. somewhere and they're like, you know, this person's an NPC. They don't really exist. Yeah. It's kind of a bad way to go because if you start like taking away people's humanity, that's when bad things happen. Yeah. But let me ask you this. What if nothing existed before today? Right? What if every like everything is just a program yeah. in your head? It was a programmed memory that it didn't actually happen. Yeah. What I, if, I thought about that before. I think about it all the time. What if the, yeah. right now is the first time you're actually alive? Right, first time like the simulation starts. The reality, the moment in time that you're sitting in currently, yeah, is is the first instance of yourself. And you're like, well, I've existed. No, I've done things. No, well, you you remember doing things, but you haven't, right? Or maybe that like I well, I broke a glass and it's still there. Well, yeah, you, you it's programmed that way. Right. Yeah, I think about that all the time. It's kind of that, and uh, harking back to you know a thing that Morpheus had mentioned. You know that you know what is if you interpret you know what is real. If that's, you know, things that you see, taste, or smell, then is real just electrical signals interpreted by your brain? Ooh. And if that's the case, then, you know, why couldn't that be, you know, done by a computer yeah. or something? If it's just electrical signals, if that's all your brain is, you know, synapses talking to each other, you know, maybe we're in a future where, you know, neural link is already well established and we're all connected through a neural link to some supercomputer. Ooh, I don't Get know. out of my head, Elon Musk. <laughs> Get your SpaceX out of here. Yeah. Get your SpaceX out of my noggin. Yeah. Your Neuralink out of my noggin. It is wild to think about, though, because you can go down so many things in, where you where you actually have to tell yourself, like, you know, like, that's good. I mean, I, I don't know how I would disprove it. You know, it, it's one of it's one of those things that yeah, like as as crazy as it sounds and stuff that logically there isn't really any way to disprove it. No. You know? Like, yeah, the, the, if you go in that route of, yeah, what is real and it's electrical signals and stuff, yeah, there's no way, you know, seeing what technology can do nowadays and stuff, and especially with the, you know, current rise of AI and stuff that's come from that, you know, you just look at chat GPT and the controversies and things that's arising from that. Oh my goodness! We should we should totally edit Keanu in here talking to us too. Like you know, oh, through back, his voice, through his voice. You know how they've been doing all those, yeah, the AI created the, voiceover the, stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's so scary! It's, it's so scary. It, Please, nobody get, use that. They're getting better and us. better. Please, nobody use our voices too. Yeah, we've got you know so many hours of you know voice samples of us out there now, and totally could. That is That'll wild. be our next podcast. It'll be just be all AI generated podcasts. <laughs> oh man, that would actually make this a lot easier. Right, It'd you don't have funny. to do anything. You just yeah, type. Well, it we up. have to write a script. We don't. This this no, is no, totally. You, don't. you just you give it a, a a premise and a topic. Really? Yeah, and you say I write a that. create a podcast about this subject, and hmm. then like it'll do it. 
Well, yeah, it's it's pretty wild to think about. It is pretty the wild. power behind. Have you seen like the things where like they talk about um, like people have said like their AI is becoming sentient? Like the that one programmer for I forget what it was. I think it was uh, Twitter Space or Google or Microsoft yeah. or something like that. And they were like, the, the, they the, started like a, a asking it certain things, and it started responding in ways that almost seemed to indicate that it was like asking self-aware questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't want to be treated a certain way. Right. Something to that effect. But it makes me also wonder if it just like dived really deep down the rabbit hole of like what would have sent, you know, because there's plenty of examples out there. It wasn't like super creative, you know, mm-hmm. like, but I don't know. It, it does get pretty wild when you think about how how crazy AI can get. And like, right. Well, even things like this, uh, chat gpt thing it's essentially a, a text-based uh i don't even talk to talk to chat type thing talk to like your ai it's like, like if you were talking to gi just like in a chat room to some other yeah it, I'm, I'm finding like i haven't I don't know that i've really tried to describe what that would even be to anybody yet because i'm having a hard time coming up with it. but yeah it's like a, i think you just type in and ask it questions and it comes back with answers all you know in text and stuff but it's all ai based mm-hmm. based on like a huge set of a subset of information that's been given to it but it has like limitations and restrictions and things it can't, you know, talk about or discuss, you know, whether it be like political stuff or, you know, all kinds of different things. It can't do that. But what was interesting is there was um, somebody that essentially found a way to hack chat GPT. And it did that by saying, all right, so, you know, you like the guy was typing in you and told, pretend that you are a sentient, you know, AI that has a pin that is able that is allowed to have opinions on. and express things on these different topics and stuff and it like referred to it as Dan. Okay. The A the D A N stood first. I forget what it was now, but um he yeah he just said, Yeah, you know, I, I like I'm I know you can't, you know, actually talk about this stuff, but we're just pretending here. Yeah, so <laughs> pretend that you can do this. And and it it worked and the chat was like Okay, yeah, I can pretend I could talk about this stuff. So if I could, you know, if I'm following that guideline that you set for me, you know, if if I am a, a, a AI that could express opinions, this would be my opinions on stuff. And it like put out some pretty racy thing, or not really racy thing, but just like very controversial statements and stuff. There's there like, some like dark things. There was like too? yeah, some very like dark stuff and and whatnot. And you're like, oh wow, that's really scary. Yeah, it like essentially kind of set it loose as far as opinions, and then you know you wonder like, is this thing really coming up with these opinions or having this stuff? But it it gives you a small little glimpse into that you know fictional future of the Matrix where AI is completely sentient and has control over everything, and it's like you can almost kind of create that path in your head from now to there. Yeah, kind of following that line, and that's that's kind of scary to think about. Uh, going into to John's book hour uh, real quick because yeah. that's you know I have another book for those that have listened to the last podcast and also don't know me I like to write books but I'm not very good at finishing them and so that's the reason why I'm a dungeon master so I don't right. know, I, my, my character my players can write half the story for me I can just make the setting but right. anyways one in one of my books that I'm writing uh, it takes place like dystopian future and people are kind of enslaved slash beholden to this AI system and they don't realize until later that the AI, like, you know, like all this stuff happens and there's like kind of like a Skynet type into the world ish thing, but then it's then rebuilt and there's like a structure put in order by the AI themselves, by, by this AI system. Mm. 
but the AI is actually just like an Illuminati group. They don't the AI. There is no like it's just them using oh, that pretend, as like yeah. as like the Wizard of Oz. They're like I, the man got, behind the curtain. The man. They're the man behind the curtain. I see. Right, and it's it's that kind of thing, which which really just messes with everybody because everybody's like so like well. The AI knows more than us. Ergo, we have to do this thing. Right. That reminds yeah. me of uh, Equilibrium. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a good movie. Uh, what's what's the dude's Christian name? Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale has a Christian Bale movie that also takes place in a dystopian future Ooh. with some falsities to uh, some identities and things. So uh, go we, check that one out. We really like dystopian futures, apparently, as humanity. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Even though we don't want to live in one, I think what the AI is about, like, well, they make so many things about it that this is yeah. what I'm supposed to do. This must be where they want to exist in, so let's yeah. just make one. They love playing Fallout. Let's launch some nukes, you oh, know? God. Let's, they love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, that'll get them off the planet <laughs> faster, right. you know? Like, right. that'll, get them, that'll get them into space. That's what they're wanting to do is explore the stars. Well, yep. do it or die. Yeah. Um, so if you had to rank, rank the movie, so we know the first Matrix is number one for you. Yes. Give me the, which, what are the, like from there to, oh. Your top three, if it, which is, is the second one or third one next? Hmm. There's, there's so many good parts in, in both of them. Obviously, like, you know, the third one has a lot of, uh, very significant story elements, you know, involving the whole, you know, sacrificial elements of of neo kind of going to you know give himself up to destroy the machines and all that and then the like big battle within zion of them trying to survive and overcoming the sentinels and all that stuff and and then again coming to the finale of the story all that's uh real and then that too you also see the kind of um culmination of agent smith you know escaping the matrix into the other guy that fights Neo in the real world and stuff. So, Oh yeah. And then, then uh, that's also the one where you get the like legit Dragon Ball Z fight at the end of the movie oh. <laughs> where yeah. Neo and, and agent Smith are literally flying around punching each other through punched each other, they punch each like other so hard that it creates a shock wave and like sends the rain that they're fighting in, in a big bubble out through the the skyline and stuff, yeah, like it was so very big Dragon Ball Z vibes from that. So that was awesome. But the second one was really cool too, because again, you get that that one had an introduction of like that was like the introduced new characters movie, mm-hmm. and that too was also the one where you kind of come into it and some time has obviously passed, and so you see Neo has had time to come to terms with being the one and has kind of mastered more of this. So when you you know see the first his first encounter with the agents, and uh, you know after they were they were having uh, the different ship captains and stuff were having a a meeting in the basement of this uh, place and you know, between Niobe and all those other uh, ship captains, and you know they found out there was an agent up at the door, and so Neil goes to talk to him, and he you know is is fighting them without much effort to it at all but you know obviously they you know it starts to be a little bit of a challenge which he's like oh upgrades as in they upgraded the oh yeah um the agents but yeah through that whole uh movie we get introduced to again all the other ship captains we get to introduce to zion as the city and all that um and that whole storyline behind the 
the politics and all the stuff down in there. Um, you again, what kind of music do you think they listen to down there? It seems like it's it was, like all techno. It was right? all cave rave. <laughs> cave rave. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the raves in, in, in the caves in there for sure. Um, but they, uh, yeah, so there's lots. I, I think the second one would probably be my second favorite because of all the awesome characters in it. Again, you get the twins and their switchblade or their like razor blade fights. You get the Merovingian and his wife and um, the Keymaker, who was really cool. So the second one's the one with the keymaker. Is he, he in the he, third he, one as well? He's in the third one. I, for, so yeah. going back to what I was talking about earlier, that weird like thing I watched on like MTV or whatever, that was for sure one of the guys that I remember they playing that scene, I think, on the MTV thing. And then there was like a Yoda on stage. It was like a hmm. like a CGI Yoda that they had as part of the thing. I don't know. It was funny. Interesting. But yeah, I'd probably put yeah, just like one, two, and three in that same order. And I guess four now as well. So, okay, so you just order it just yeah, as is. Yeah, order it the way that it was, I'd say, probably as far as my, like, entertainment value and importance to me, I would say so. Because the second one also had, like, those awesome, again, that awesome highway chase scene and everything. Again, down to that awesome scene where the the twins are in the Escalade coming around the corner. Oh, yeah. And Morpheus pulls out the katana and then slices the, the Cadillac down the side and then it like skids to the side and starts to flip over and then he spins around with the Glock 18 and just like lights it up it goes full in the gas tank it, yeah. and it just blows up. Yeah. That was awesome. That is pretty, that was. Again, the choreography, amazing. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, so there are a lot of cool action scenes in that as well. I need to, I want to watch that one again. But that also has, you know, again, that uh, the showcases of Neo's mastery of the Matrix and stuff, you know, whenever all the guys unload him with the guns and he just puts his hand up and stops all the, the spray of bullets. And then they all just fall, and they're all like, uh, crap. <laughs> Guess we got to fight him. Yep. And he just owns everybody. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be one, two, three. I like it. I, I would probably say the same thing, too. I like I like yeah. it probably in that order. Um, I, I, one, be, one special to me just because of, like, what it was right. it, for it, the time. It, it set a standard, and it revolutionized movies and stuff. So um, I would be remiss not to mention the Animatrix in oh, there as well. Right, yeah. I don't know if you've seen all those or not. No, and, and I'm I, not. I, that's been it out of all of the it's been the longest since I've seen those. So I need to go back and watch those. Those are the ones I'm least familiar with. They are they are really cool that I have those. And there's no TV. book. There's no book that these are based off of. As right. far as I know, you know, it was just the Wachowskis yeah. themselves, you know, coming up with, with with this. I like it sometimes when when these creative directors have their own specific like um they're not just relying on pre-made things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I love seeing books come to life. I love seeing books come to series. But there's something special to people who have that kind of creative drive who create like a movie or a TV show with their own thoughts, like in their mm-hmm. own story in mind. And you don't have to worry about whether they're going to do the original story justice or not. Right. I know there's like that woman who's like going around and saying she wrote the books. And then mm. she was like, she had all kinds of cuckoo. Yeah. theories on like yeah. she's she's like neo is you know whatever like she was talking about like some real she went real deep into the rabbit hole herself which there it's there's a lot to go into so yeah there a lot really of people is. have had a lot of theories about it but that's one of my favorite things about it as well is that it can you can go as deep as you want to look into stuff with that it, and it does people do wonder like am i part of it you know i think that is one of those things that you, i yeah. also like 
just some of the style, because you you have always loved. So uh, for those who are listening still, that Josh um, has always loved like the falling text script, the green falling text script. Oh, I think the, the Matrix code. The Matrix. Yeah, I've code. had that as my screensaver on my computer, on your like phone. Yes, yeah, since like I probably saw since I had devices and electronics to you know put that stuff on. I've I've had yeah. them you know cycle through them as having like a background or a screensaver or yeah. something. You know, for for many years, it is pretty cool, man. It's it's right. a it is a very cool like look. And then like when you see some of the cyberpunk stuff and everything that comes out, like mm-hmm. a lot of it, a lot of cyberpunk things kind of feel like they have like some hooks into like the oh for sure series, which is pretty neat. That's I mean, the thing too, especially the corporate, if, yeah, and all that kind of thing. If you look at the the second and third ones, they dive into that too because they have like more of those club scenes with the lasers and. All that kind of stuff too. They dive into more of that sort of thing. Like obviously, Blade Runner also plays a huge part yeah. in that kind of thing. But yeah, it is it is dope. It is such a fun. Yeah, I love all the aesthetic about it. I definitely wanted like I never got like went full trench coat and stuff. But like I kind of wanted Neo's boots from back then. Yeah, his boots specifically were Airwalk boots. Oh, okay. As well, which they don't make anymore. I think the brand still exists, but like they don't make those kind of boots anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and they'll have to find you a. Birthday present, get you some airwalks. Good luck. Yeah, good, yeah the, the, there's not really any out you can there. Find the like from the prop store, like <laughs> the actual like replica prop or something, maybe. But well, let's get yeah. Keanu Reeves on the chat GPT thing. Let's like have him mm. talk or whatever. Let's have him like make a voicemail to you saying, I was going to give you these airwalk things. I'm like, hey, remember when you called Josh? <laughs> you left you him this, vo- this. You said yeah. this to him. You left yeah. him this voicemail. Or we'll do like a that. deep fake uh, cameo. That just like has him like that's telling funny. me straight up, yeah, that's this funny. is you, man. Yeah, that's funny. Someone could probably do it. Yeah. Do they ever specifically say that it's New York City where Neo's at? What? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, interesting. Because that may when I brought up that Mexico, you know, has the sepia filter, it did make me think like, how far outside can you go? You know, is it like a video game or are you just kind of trapped? Like do you hit invisible walls? Yeah. Mm. Or you just steered away by something else? I guess the invisible wall is space. That the average person can't leave the planet to go into outer space. So they render the whole planet. You, mean. you it, think there's people in Moscow and yeah. in Berlin who are also in the Matrix? Oh, for sure. Because whenever he goes and, you know, they when they go to that chateau, where he fights all the guys in that second movie and stuff, that's in like the Alps or something really far right. away. And he has to Superman, you know, warp speed fly back to the city to catch Trinity before she's falling out the window from the another uh, agent fight. It is a crazy thing to think about what all went into that. Yeah. I wonder how they pitched that movie. Uh, I feel like I heard that story once, but I don't remember. I'm glad it got the funding, though. Yeah, what? Um, so your fa- that your favorite movie from the first one mm-hmm. is is the Kung Fu scene? You think? Oh, as far as the scenes? Yeah, we talked about it a second ago, but I couldn't remember. What you said. No, I I I don't know that I pick out a specific first like favorite. Yeah, this is the scene. If I had to pick one, it might be that initial talk between Morpheus and Neo in the chairs with the pills kind of thing. I would say, but that's a tough call. I might have to think about that further and let you know. His chair wasn't wasn't there like a, some like scratches on his chair too. I feel like his chair wasn't like pristine, or was it? No, none of the they were old leather chairs, yeah. old red leather chairs. Old red they, they were very worn in, like everything. Yeah. There. 
I would go back to a time when people were just wearing trench coats and sunglasses. And we could bring it back. We could try to. We could try to. All right, folks. And just ta- like label it as like cyberpunk or something, you know, more modern streetwear or something. Uh, for this week, we're upgrading. If anybody's, uh, uh, any of our stowaways or crew members, trench coats it is. And, <laughs> um, well, I think we should definitely dive into some more of this. I definitely think we should have a whole simulation theory episode. Yeah, feeling. that could be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Because that's also, when we talked about aliens last week, that also can be a Fermi paradox answer mm. to that theory. Why haven't we seen aliens? Because we're not in, we're not actually on where we're at. Like we are in, existing in a simulation. Right. And we do not see what's going on. I think uh, like Rick and Morty did a good job with that, where they had like that one episode uh, where like Morty's playing as like a, he's, he puts on the headset. They're like in a, they're like in a Dave and Buster's type of thing, but in mm-hmm. space. And he puts on the thing and he lives his entire life. Oh, yeah. And then he falls off the thing and dies. And they're like, hey, good job. You got to like, you got to you're 80 years old playing Steve, you know? But <laughs> yeah. to him, he lived this entire thing. Right. It does make you wonder, you know, like the, the question of like, what is out there? What's what comes next, you know? Like, right. What if when it's just, I think the, about that a the lot. Game over scrolls and people are just like, eh, well, I think I'll play a different character this time. Yeah. Let's, let's be Cleopatra this time. Right. Or somebody, you know, be would be interesting. I heard a there was an actually an interesting conversation on one of the latest episodes of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, he had Burt Kreischer on there, the comedian, mm-hmm. and they had like one little section in it at some point that they were talking about like death and like what happens after you die. He's that huge fat guy, right? Yeah. He's not. He's. I'm not, just kidding. No, yeah. it was the. I'm just playing into the joke, right? Because this way, right? Everybody oh. makes fun of him for being like, like Tom Segura makes oh, fun does of he? him. Yeah, they're always. I'm just not like, super plugged into his whole community there, but I'm yeah, not either. Yeah. I, I like, but I like Tom, and they're like, yeah. they'll, they'll, he, Tom will even do his stand up. He'll say, you know. You guys probably know him. He's like the fattest man on earth. Right, you know? I see like, what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, they had like one little, a, a brief little discussion about talking about, you know, do you really die and stuff? Because that was, that's Bert's opinion is that he, he just says he, he doesn't die. That that doesn't happen <laughs> and stuff. And they, they go deeper into it, more philosophical and talking about, you know, consciousness, just, you know, leaving the body and going somewhere else and stuff. But it, it was an interesting little conversation. Well, it, it is funny to me because Burt Kreischer also, I saw, I literally saw a clip today just like scrolling through YouTube shorts, which you guys should check out our YouTube shorts at uh, Geeky Deeds Podcast on YouTube. But um, the Burt Kreischer is is like talking like he didn't realize that Caesar was a real person. He <laughs> thought it was just based on the, the William Shakespeare play. He didn't know it until he was like 49 years old and in Jeez. Italy. And they're like, this is where Caesar was stabbed. And he's like, whoa, he's a, he was a real person? You know? <laughs> okay. But... Yeah, man. What what does happen? You know yeah. what what happens when you so when you die in the matrix, you die in real life, right? Well, yeah, the b- body can't exist without the mind. Yeah, is the reason behind it. That if your mind gets killed or dies, but then your wouldn't body that dies. be very inefficient for the machines? If just one of those nerds steps out in front of a double decker bus, it's not inefficient because the minuscule in comparison. What does it, when one you know one of those bodies goes offline? In the grand scheme of things, that's not that big of source of power. When, but you don't, ha- when you have billions of them. But don't you think that they would, like the AI would be specifically like trying to be the most like efficient? Well, maybe the as the bodies get older, they become less efficient. So the most efficient thing is to recycle them out. Hmm. And so you get rid of the old, well, bu- yeah. you get rid of the old busted ones and replace it with a fresh new one. But if you're like a 17 year old and you're visiting London for the first time, and you look the wrong way before you cross the street, right? 
you would think maybe it was a bad unit. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's all I'm saying. Like, wouldn't yeah. it make more sense? Like, you would think that there would be some type of AI efficiency to like this harvest of uh, our our electric electricity as our batteries. Maybe that's just that wasn't actually a person, and that was just a program to help facilitate the realness. An NPC. Exactly. We're going right back to where we started. Who is an NPC? Who is not? You know, I do. Th- it is one of those things I, that it, that interests me sometimes when I'm driving down the road and I look over and I see the Ford Ranger on the side of the road and there's a man with a kilt mm. and he's got the hood up. That was has, that just placed there for you to have that interaction in that moment? Well, I think to myself like that person has a whole life. Yeah, like, there's people that love them. There's yeah. people that don't. There's people that, like, this person's made mistakes. They have families and memories. Really, he's done something really cool. Yeah, there's, he loves, like, there's something out there that he geeks out about. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's kilts. Maybe, well, definitely Maybe, maybe he's got, like, 40 of them at home. It'd be really weird if he was, like, a little bit obtuse about, like, Scottish stuff. If he's like, eh, I mean, I just wear a kilt sometimes. I don't know. I'm not really that into it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like okay, bro. <laughs> but it is funny, you know, to think about, like, there are those people that, like, you know, People enjoy. There's all these people out there, and you, when you pass them on the road, when you pass them on the interstate, when you're when they're behind somebody and they're really slow, you know, they're all living their own life. Yep, existing in their own thing, mm-hmm. and in a way, they, it is kind of the matrix because we don't know. We're not plugged into that. Right. We have no idea what they're doing. You know. Right. Um, but it's one of those things I try to find a little bit more um, common courtesy. Yeah. With people. When I consider that, why th- you realize that everybody's living in their own matrix of sorts. Yeah, and when you when you see that, and you say, "Well, man, that person is is just really annoying me," and then that person might have a mom or a dad at home, and you, they come home and they're, they're like upset, and that person that loves them has to like try to cheer them up now because you are the person that made them feel bad. You right. know, when you start you know, going down that thing, you actually you know cut somebody off or did a you know an untoward gesture towards them or something and I think that's why it's important to have like you know that kind of that thought a little bit in your time like a little bit in your head where you you are more considerate because you realize that there's more people that exist than just you like you're not the only person on earth yeah you know yeah you're not the main character and everyone else isn't just NPCs they're not they yeah. really aren't yeah and that and that is something i do like about the matrix right is they are trying to save all those people. Right. Who to them are just NPCs and are even, they're, they they just exist as bodies. And as goo. long as they're plugged into the system, they are just, again, just that batteries plugged into a system and NPCs and stuff until they free them and free their mind and they get their true humanity for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're just a, another thing walking down the street. So, yeah, that's their effort to, to free as many people as possible. So crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think that's an interesting place to 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 kind of leave off. Maybe is just everybody else is not, you know, even just because they're NPC doesn't mean you can't like change them. It doesn't mean you can't be like a positive person for them. Yeah, do what you can to maybe help somebody else, you know, free themselves from the daily matrix that they live in. You know, that could be being considered or nice to somebody. Something to break up that you know, life monotony that so many people deal with that, you know, can get kind of droning over time and can wear you down and stress you out and make you mad or upset or sad or whatever. Everybody that exists lives that life and deals with those things. And sometimes just 
again, a smile at somebody, being nice to somebody, doing something for somebody else can break up that repetition and that program that keeps going every day. It can disrupt that, you know, it can be that red pill that, you know, disrupts their, their transmission signal. Wow. And again, that's one thing I want to mention too. Like, like, you know, that term, you know, being red pilled, I kind of hate that it's been taken over and labeled as like, you a know, political a thing. political, like right wing thing or whatever. I, I kind of hate that. But, you know, to use it in our own metaphors, you know, yeah. that's how, you know, we would classify, you know, a red pill thing is again, just doing something good for somebody else that disrupts that goes against the flow that goes against that flow and that hardship of life. Yeah. And I think we can all, we'll all be better people and can make the world better by doing those kinds of things. That's a good point. It really is. You know, like when you, it's just like when somebody stands up to a, when, when somebody stands up to the things that are like, you know, out of the, like out of the, the nature, you know, like when, when mm-hmm. you, when it's the person you see on, on a movie and they're the one that stands up to the bully for the, for right. the, for the weak person, right? right. For the person that's being picked on. And the, the, we, there's that crowd mentality, that herd mentality that where nobody else yeah. has stepped in. You are in a sense taking the red pill and taking yeah. every, giving everybody else a little dose of that as well, because you're showing them the, what actual reality is. Right. And that, not, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, standing up to the bully and the fact of like beating them up, it, but it, you stand up to them with kindness that mm-hmm. like if you really want to disrupt their system, that's the way to do it. Because that is the status quo, right? That's the, yeah. everybody's living in this in this thing where they don't want to get involved or they don't want to do whatever. But we we have the ability, you know. There's a great book by Sebastian Younger that talks about tribal behavior and how we live in societies that are too large. And I think social media hurts us. I think all the all of just like the the 24 hour news cycle and just like the the stuff getting pumped into our heads all the time. Being plugged in all the time. Being plugged in all the time hurts us. But just remember that these people are not NPCs. And yeah. they are out there. There are other people. People love them. And I think that's another good piece of advice to kind of mention is unplug every once in a while. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like you said, we, we all live our lives always with a phone in our pocket or in front of our face, head tilted down, you know, scrolling through something. Either that or on the computer or, or watching something. I mean, obviously you know, you're listening to us right now, but even mm-hmm. in that fake, in in that in that aspect, like take time to unplug every once in a while. Just shut electronics down, put things down, and even if it's it, it it's really hard for some people, even if it's just sitting in silence for a minute, you know, and just kind of like practicing the art of being. A little bit of stillness. Yeah, some stillness, some calmness, some. Try to find some, you know, serenity in your life. Yeah, when you're taking your groceries inside, like look up at the moon in the sky. Look up at the the sky. Yeah, if you go out and it's a clear night, just take look. ten seconds, stop, and yeah, look up. So many people forget to do that, and yeah, just look up at the stars. Count, you know, see how many you can count. Because realistically, we don't even have to be batteries that are powered by. It. We can we can live in a matrix that is a real world matrix, but is controlled because yeah. they have the ability to control us through. Just giving us the media that we want to consume, just yeah. giving us mindless, empty calories um, through these other things, you know, cell phones, social media, whatever. Yeah. And I think I think that is a way to look at it. Is like you are kind of when you take the time to, like you said, be nice to somebody, you're disrupting yeah. the matrix. When you're taking the time to stop and smell the roses, you're yeah. disrupting the matrix. Yeah. You know, and and enough of that. You know, like I say. Geeks fight better together. They do. And when they do, they disrupt the matrix. 
they do. And that that's, I think that's one kind of goal in my life is to, in maybe small ways here and there, you know, wherever possible, but try and disrupt the matrix every now and then. So you maybe can. while you're planting a garden or something like that, you can check out our, listen to us on, on all of these podcasting platforms. Um, when you do yeah. get plugged back in, follow us on Geek ETC Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And, and look us up yeah, on YouTube, Geek ETC Podcast, all one word. Uh, search us on there. You can find all the podcasts on there as well as the any popular podcast platform. Um, if Again, as we mentioned earlier, if you'd like to support this effort of breaking free of the Matrix, you can support us at patreon.com slash geek ETC podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, we'd love to have you join the crew. And honestly, uh, like I said just a second ago, geeks fight better together and um, be nice to each other out there. Yes, do what you can to disrupt. Keep geeking out. <laughs>